welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Asia Bonilla. And I'm the other host, Charles Sheeland. And today we get to finish our current series. We finished the Match Trilogy today because we're finishing the third and final book, Reached. And for anyone who is new to our show, we're a podcast on the Nerd Party Network. We're best friends and we read and reread young adult books from our adolescence and share them with each other. I suggested this series, though I had never actually finished the first book. Plus, Alina had suggested the series. So, dear listener who suggested this, we hope that you're happy that we covered these and that you enjoyed our conversation on your beloved series. And I think we both pretty much enjoyed it. I think so. I definitely can speak for myself. I enjoyed it. And as are the newcomer, I'm actually on summary duty, so I'm going to cover what happened in the reading. So the need for a cure intensifies because those infected with the mutated plague start to die. With some help from the locals, Kasha figures out what plant they need for the cure, and Xander makes it, and it works on Kai. Then they start a global rollout, though they're too late for some people. And the book ends with an election to see whom they want to have lead them into the future. So for my impression, just quickly, I really enjoyed it. I loved that the bulbs were from the first book and that they carried all the way to the end. I thought that was nice writing to have that detailed connection. And I think the series was really enjoyable. It's not something I ever need to read again, but I liked it enough and, you know... I would be happy to read it again. I probably won't ever, like, self-motivate myself to read it again. But I enjoyed it enough, I think. Yeah, I would say I also really enjoyed it. Not necessarily something I would read again. Like Charles said, I feel like for most of the series we've covered, I don't really feel that way. Except for the ones that obviously, like, were my pick and, like, are really close to me. Like, I'm thinking Twilight, The Hunger Games... The Perks of Being a Wallflower, like, those are books that already meant a lot to me, and I read them when I was younger, so, like, I could see myself rereading those for the nostalgia, but with this, obviously, since we've only read it as adults, it's just not the same, but I did overall really enjoy it, and of course, I was just ecstatic that Kasha and Kai end up together in the end, because I was a little worried there in the middle that she was gonna pick Xander, but everything worked out, at least in my book. I agree. So diving in, Ochre says that the virus was actually made by the society and that the blue tablet was a draft form in their development process. It's a different virus, but they were sort of making them in tandem. And so well done, Asia. You kind of predicted that connection last week. Like you said that I wonder if there's a connection between the two viruses, between the blue tablets and the virus, and you were right. Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting because basically they said that The blue tablet actually, it wasn't poison in and of itself, but all of, like, the babies, I think, were, like, kind of given this virus when they were born, but by taking the blue tablet, it was the trigger for the virus to actually, like, affect you, whereas before it was just, like, dormant living inside of you, which I thought that was really interesting and, I mean, also terrible. (laughs) I can't imagine living in a world that they're, like, just infecting people and just waiting for the right time to make them get sick. Yeah. That's truly, truly wild. But as Xander says, it's very, like, society thinking to, like, 
give it to you as like a protection, but it's actually a way of control. And they're really starting to feel the pressure because to get a cure because people are dying from the mutation now. Yes, and with that, I was thinking, you know, is Indy dead at this point? Because we kind of haven't heard from her, and Kai keeps dreaming of her while he's still, and it kind of almost feels like he's saying goodbye to her. Also, just, like, she she's the only person that he, like, describes in these, like, dreams, like, in the water with him. So I was just, like, I felt like whether he was actually talking to her or whether it was, like, a premonition, I just was assuming that Indy if she wasn't already dead, was going to be dying soon in the story. Yeah, so she wasn't dead then, but she does die because it seems like when you have the mutation, at least, and you go still, you kind of go into a dream state where you can actually see other people who also have the mutation and have gone still, and you can even talk to them. So, like, Kasha's mom later on says kind of the same thing that happened. That's how she was able to say goodbye to Kasha's father. And in these Kai chapters... It's mostly him just, like, groaning or not doing anything. But then sometimes he dreams, and he's, like, chatting with Indy, and she's like, I'm a great pilot. I don't know why Indy has a southern accent in my head, but... And she's, I'm a great pilot. I'm just the best. But I always knew you were the pilot, Kai. Can I kiss you again? Oh, that no, was, I'm uh, drowning. It reminds me of, what's her name? Lyra? Is, was that her name? Lyra had a Lyra, British accent. No, she was full on Southern. Y'all, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, it's kind of weird that you can see other people who have the mutation. Like, that's kind of, I don't know how much scientific sense that makes. Well, I mean, it could, I think that's something that's kind of more like up to your interpretation of whether did they really see them or that was just like a figment of their imagination. Like, it could have been more like a premonition. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in the sense of Kai imagined... Oh, I disagree. I feel like it was pretty strongly indicated that they actually see the people. Because, like, the mom says she has it, and the... Like, he has a conversation with Indy, and then he knows that she's dead already. Like, he knows she's already dead. And he's been a freaking asleep. Well, I feel like his reaction was more so that he just wasn't surprised. Like... Which, I don't know, it's just like when people go into a coma, like, they might see things. I mean, we had this whole thing, this reminds me of, like, the Skin Jacker trilogy and stuff. Like, all this stuff, like, your brain could have been making some of that up and it just so happens to align with real life. But like I said, I feel like, I feel like it's kind of open to your interpretation because we do only get two people's accounts out of, you know, the thousands of people, let's say, who are still. So to me, I don't know if that's necessarily evidence that that's a for sure thing, but obviously if you want to... It's still a book. Like, you can believe whatever you want to believe. Okay. I, I, I'm in, I, it's interesting to me because I felt like that was, like, a very clear fact as I was reading it. Though, I mean, I agree. It's not like they were like, this is what happened. But I felt like by coming up twice. Also, I guess for me, I took it more as it wasn't necessarily the people who were also still. It was just, like, while you were in that stillness, like, other souls kind of, like, that matter to you could come and, like, say goodbye to you, I guess, as they passed which I guess everybody's dying from the mutation, so those people are still. But, like, I wouldn't have taken that as, like, two people who are still, who aren't dying, are going to go talk to each other. I felt like it was, like, she was saying goodbye to him, like, in stages, like, saying, like, I'm not going to make it. But, again, it's because we only get two instances of this. So that's why I said, again, open to the reader's interpretation, but it was a really nice touch that it's kind of, like, 
for those characters, they, like, got a little bit of closure that it, like, felt like they got to say goodbye yeah. to someone. Interesting. I mean, yeah, it's just interesting that, like, we had two different interpretations as readers, but I, I think, I mean, again, it's a book, so just, yeah, interesting. So then we have, like, kind of a complete chaos scene because, like, they're in the village and Ochre makes a cure, but, like, Cash is like, it's not going to work, and... Ochre, they vote, and Ochre wants to use his cure. And then as soon as they vote to use his cure, he's like, mine won't work, and he just goes off and dies. And then Hunter disconnects all of, like, the life support bags, which is super wild, like, just wild. Yes, that was wild. But you also missed something that Ochre doesn't just go and die. He tells Xander to destroy all of the cures that he made that they voted on. And then he dies, and so then the whole, like, village thinks that Xander did it on his own for whatever reason. So it's, like, a moment of, like, are they going to kill Xander? But with the Hunter thing, that was, like, totally ridiculous. And, like, I mean... Also, could... I understand... Did you understand his logic? I understand his logic in the sense of it was... He said that he wanted to make things fair. So, obviously, he was with the farmers, which, in case you don't remember who Hunter is, he is the man they find in the, like, remnants of the farmers in the carving. And he's... When we meet him, he's burying his daughter. His, like, five-year-old daughter. His five-year-old daughter died because of everything that's going on. So he's obviously seeing all these sick patients that all these people are trying to save. And I understand that in his mind, he's like, well, no one saved us. Like, no one even tried to help my daughter. Like, they left him behind, which it's in the sense of for the greater good. Like, the leader, Anna, she had to save as many people as possible. And, like, the daughter was sick. She was going to die no matter what. So I can understand in, like, his sick and twisted mind, he's like, this is so unfair. Like, so he's trying to, like, make it more equal by, I guess, like, taking some people out. Like, again, it doesn't justify his actions in any way because, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. But I understood, like, where he was coming from, which, like, I think Kasha also did. But especially, like, because she even asks him after it happens, they, like, put him in the prison, she's like, why would you do that to Kai? Like, you know Kai. Like, you were with him in the carving. Like, we helped each other. And he's like, well, I couldn't be unfair. Like, I couldn't hurt the other people and not hurt him. So I, like, understand where he was coming from, but, like, obviously I don't agree with it. And the reality is that the world isn't fair. And, like, just because you had it hard doesn't mean that other people should have to suffer too. Like, again, because then that's just an endless cycle of suffering. It's kind of like an eye for an eye kind of thing. Like, that doesn't work. So it was unfortunate, but I'm glad that they don't, like, execute him over it. He ends up getting exiled. Yeah, I was very glad that that didn't happen because, you know, just killing people. Not how society. But it was just like, it was just very (laughs) aggressive. Also, because like Cashin noticed it earlier with Kai, because basically like their IV bags with like the nutrition that was supposed to be kind of helping them like stay alive and like not recover because it's not a cure, but just to help them stay stable. His bag kept getting disconnected, and like it was really odd. And it was just like, who would have the motivation to do that? So it was kind of just like interesting but like i overall understood his logic but just absolutely didn't agree with it but back to um ochre back to ochre passing away in the mud unfortunately without telling them what he was going to look for for this new cure that he was sure was going to work 
next to his body, he had made, like, a star symbol in the mud, and Cash is actually the one who finds him first, and she's the only one who sees this symbol, and, you know, obviously I was like, well, that must mean something that, like, is pointing towards what the cure is, and I'm like, I hope she's gonna be able to figure this out, because at this point, like, they're totally back to square one, like, they have no idea what he was thinking. Yeah. But she does, she gets some diagrams that she'd asked for of, like, local plant life, and she figures it out. Like, she finds a flower, and basically Ochre figured it out because of, like, a paper-folded flower from, like, a note from Cash's mom that she was just holding, and that reminded him of a flower, and that flower just happened to actually be the flower that, in the very first book, Cash's mom had gone off to, like, investigate a farmer who was growing, like, an illegal plant, and she reported them to the authorities for growing this illegal plant. And it turns out they eat it outside of the society, which is what gave these people outside of the society a natural immunity to the plague. And so they're like, this is what we're going to need to make the cure. And she figures it out. Yes, and then she gets Xander's help to make the cure, and it actually works because she secretly gives it to Kai because, like, they're in the village and, like, they don't trust them anymore because, again, they think Xander's betrayed them and he might have killed Ochre. So she secretly gives it to Kai, and it works. Kai wakes up, and he's, like, getting better, and he survives. But as we said, a little bit later, we do find out that Indy died. Like, Kai had kind of, I feel... I felt was kind of alluding to in his dream was that she was going to be dying soon. So that was obviously sad because Indy was like a pretty great character. Yeah. A fine Southern Bale taken from us too soon. But I think it was nice though, because again, like I feel like it kind of shows like some people get happy endings, but like not everyone does. So I felt like it was like it kept it more realistic and that like some of the main characters died. I guess I don't know if she was like a main main character, but you know, yeah, it was a named character that we knew. And then the pilot conveniently shows up and they conveniently have the cure. So, yay, they're going to be able to start making more cure and distributing it. And this is when the pilot actually tells them that the society was basically united with the rising. Because the whole time, they had so many, like, cross-infiltrated spies. Like, there were people working for the Rising who were living in the society, like Kasha and Xander. And there were people from the society working with, living within the Rising. So, it was, like, they were basically one organism anyway. So that's why the takeover was so easy and that nothing changed afterwards. Which I thought was satisfying for us because we've been saying this whole time that the Rising was behaving just like the society... And here's the pilot, the quote-unquote leader of the Rising, basically saying the same thing. And it goes to, like, a a moral or a theme, but I'm going to save that for the end. That was just a theme of the books, but particularly this book. And, yeah, I just, I'm really, that was an interesting thing to throw in at the end, that, like, the society and the Rising were already kind of united. It was the same thing, just with, like, a different hat on, a different mask. Like, it was essentially the same, with a, a different face, basically. But, so now we're in the wrap-up phase, and as we kind of have mentioned, it turns out that Cash's father did pass away from the plague, 
but her mother had already knew because of her being in the dream state and the stillness, like we said, she kind of was able to say goodbye to him during that state. And we also find out that Cash's parents did know about the rising and the rebellion because of Cash's grandfather and the poems. I think they say that grandfather had also given the poems to Cash's dad, maybe. And they and Cash's dad was like pro society because he felt that the society was safe. And so like he didn't want to go against anything that would like put him or his family in danger. And so, like, he didn't really mind, like, not having as much choice as long as it meant that he was safe. But he still, like, respected what his grandfather wanted, which is, like, why Cash has this realization, why, like, he destroyed the tissue sample after the grandfather passed away because he wanted to respect that of him. Like, they had a very mutual respect between each other, even though they disagreed. And they... And your grandfather gave Cash the poems also to kind of make let her make her own choice in the matter so it wasn't like he was giving him to her to say like you need to join the rising or her parents being like you need to stay with the side to be safe it was kind of like we're giving you this information and then you can do what you want with it yeah i mean i think it's also like a quite empowering way for the parents to raise the children to be like this is what we've decided i mean they didn't say this to her but like they knew that the grandfather might instill rebellion in her but they just they wanted her to have all the information and all the options to make her choices, which is, like, a great way to raise your children. Definitely. And then, of course, we finally get the Red Garden Day reveal, which it kind of actually is... It's kind of a combo of we get a reveal with the Red Garden Day and we find out kind of, like, who put Kai in the matching pool. And I do have to say, I guess this, like, a little bit before it was revealed, I wasn't 100% right. So this is what I was thinking was, was my theory, was that I think that Kasha actually put Kai in the matching pool because a little bit earlier on, before they revealed the full Red Garden Day, Kasha has, like, a, a snippet of the flashback, basically, that when she's going to visit her grandfather, she runs into these people who end up being a part of the rising and they tell her that they need her to sort for them and she needs to do it because they have evidence that her grandfather has like been doing some shady stuff and like stealing from the society and she doesn't want him to get in trouble. And this was like pretty close to right before her matching banquet and her grandfather's final banquet. And so she doesn't want them to turn her grandfather in. So she does the sort, but she took a red tablet. So she doesn't fully remember. And we find out that she did sort for her own match banquet. And that's why during the rising sort that we got, was that at the beginning of this, at the beginning of this book, she has like that moment of deja vu when she's doing like the last minute sorting and like, Cause she says like the same thing happens. Basically she's kind of sorting things incorrectly, like putting matches where they shouldn't be. And, but there's no like ding or like error message that pops up on the tablet. And so like she had that moment of deja vu and it's because she'd already done it at this point and they just gave her a tablet. So she didn't actually have the memory. So it's, also really cool because Kasha is able to remember this day because her grandfather gave her like that phrase and a way to remember what happened she was able to like fight off the powers of the red tablet in the future and like bring back the memory I just thought that was like really cool yeah I thought it was super cool and like 
good for you for figuring out that Kasha was the one to put Kai in. So we don't know if, like, she necessarily... She didn't put Kai's name in. She put aberrations in because of this sort that... Yeah, aberrations and anomalies. That the Rising organized. But, like, good on you for figuring out that she took a red tablet and that's why she couldn't remember and that she figured it out and that, like... Because you were spot on. And I, I thought it was such a great payoff because we got the scene. We got the Red Garden Day conversation in the book. She goes and sees her grandfather, and he's being a little weird, and he's like, this is going to be hard for you to remember, which is the line he says to her when she comes to see him, and she's got all that red tablet grogginess, and her grandfather recognizes it, and he, like, helps her remember like he gives her this voice trigger and then also it's his memory and his microcard like so clever i thought that was so clever yeah it was really really great a, just a really great payoff it's like we had said how we were like if that doesn't get a payoff in the end but it had a really great payoff but if that wasn't enough of a reveal we also find out that me lay i think that's how we pronounce it which is xander's like official friend from when he's been working as like a medic is actually laney which if we remember from the second book from crossed was vic's match which vic you know was kai's friend that ended up dying out in the carving because he got like shot down by the planes and he talks about how he fell in love with an anomaly and so Xander's friend Lei is actually Lainey. She just like changed her name. So instead of Lainey, it's Neele. Like she put it in reverse, which I would have never guessed that. And I said, I think that this, this personally to me was the best reveal of the book because I did not see it coming at all. Like I only got suspicious because she's talking to Kasha. This is like one of the last chapters of the book. And Kasha is like asking her if she has any family because she finds out that her match has died because she she talked to Xander the whole time about they had this connection that they were both matched and they like love their matches. And she says that like, she found out that her match is dead. And then Cash is like, Oh, do you have any other family that you want to find? And she's like, I don't have any family. I'm an anomaly. And I was like, Oh, Oh, ding, ding, ding. We only know of one real anomaly that was mentioned by name, which was Lainey Vic's match. So I was like, Oh my gosh, could this be her? And then she's like, Kasha also is like, I think I know who this is. And then she asked her, like, did she change her name? And she's like, I just reversed it. So boom, trigger, that's clearly it. And as I was figuring, as we were revealed this, I also remembered that she was constantly talking to Xander about like the red fish and how they change color, like from coming to the ocean back to the river or whatever. And that's exactly what Vic used to talk about with Kai about the fish. Like, did you guess that, Charles? Like, I, I just made that connection at the end, but, like, that was a clue, too. I did not guess that because I definitely didn't remember anything with Fish and Vic, but good for you. I clearly was not on my... Well, because remember, because that's... I mean, Vic died because he went out. He was looking for the, the freaking fish. That's why he got shot. And also, like, so, obviously, Vic had mentioned it a few times with Kai, and Kai knew that, and he was thinking about the fish a lot because of Vic. And then Lei kept mentioning it to Xander, too, because he, she said, like, how he's, like, a fish that, like, the special fish that, like, they always come back, like, changed, and they, like, want to help people or something. And then when she sees Cash and they're sitting at the water, 
I can't remember if it was when she was talking to Cash or Xander, she says, like, her match, he loved the water, too, so it was, like, really hard for her to be there. So, I don't know. I was just like, oh, my God, that was, like, a clue. But, I don't know. To me, that was the best reveal. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I I did not guess it. I didn't see that at all. But I did guess that she would end up with Xander, and I was correct. Originally, they both say they want to go to the Outerlands, and they both get to, like, Stone Tree Village, and they're like, just kidding. It's fine. And, but it's okay, because they end up together. It was super cute. Yeah, I was really happy that Xander got, like, a happy ending, because I do think we talked a lot about comparing him to Gale from the Hunger Games, and I do think Xander is a much a much better person, it seems, than Gale, I would say, or just... Also, he, I would say so. Also, I'll say that Xander also has had, like, literally no real, like, trauma. It seems, I mean, now that he's, like, lived through the plague and stuff, he has that. But he, like, says how, like, his family, like, all survived the plague. And he's never, like, really struggled. I mean, obviously, struggled in the sense of, like, not like how Kai struggled with, like, losing his parents and stuff. And then now Cash has lost her dad. Just in that way. And I, I'm trying to say basically that he hasn't had anything to like kind of put a chip on his shoulder. I feel like he can still look at the world with like a very positive light because he hasn't suffered anything super duper traumatic. I mean, besides, again, he, I think, was kind of falling out of love with himself because of what was going on with Kasha. So I'm ha- happy that he was able to find someone like Lei who can actually appreciate for him because he is a great person. Like, he literally created the cure. He saved all of these people. And, like, he deserves credit for that. And the whole thing with Kasha Yeah, is, it wasn't that he wasn't a good person. It's just that he wasn't the right fit for Kasha. Exactly. He wasn't the right fit for Kasha. Whereas I feel like for... I mean, it's similar with Gail, too. But to me, I think Gail, his morals just got, like, skewed at the end of the story. Like, how they wanted to, like, repeat the Hunger Games and stuff. Whereas, to me, Xander's morals, he was always, like, again, he's more, like, true good. Like, so, I just thought that I wanted to differentiate them since we had compared them before. I agree. I think that's a good point. I think that Xander's definitely a better person, and I'm very happy that he got his happy ending. But, of course, best of all, Kasha and Kai end up together, which I was so happy. I mean, when Kai woke up, I was like, that's it. There's no way she's going to kill him after that. Like, I mean, I was still like, what if Kasha dies? But at that point, I was like, I'm pretty sure they're going to survive and be able to be together. And then the last thing I wrote down was I just liked the ending quote of the book because it's like Kasha's thoughts. And she says, there is ebb and flow leaving and coming, flight and fall, sing and silent, reaching and reached. Boom, mic drop. We get the we get the title dropped in there at the end. It flows. I liked it. Yeah, it was very satisfying. And I was also incredibly glad that Kasha and Kai ended up together. It was, yes, it was just right. Even with, like, the ambiguous ending of we don't know what's going to happen next with, like, their society because at the end they're having a vote, basically, and they're voting between the society, the rising, and then they have Anna, who's from the farmers, who's kind of like, we'll just make something else up or, like, we'll do something completely different. And we don't get to find out what the end of vote is. But I think even with that ending, I felt satisfied because, to me at least, I was mainly, like, 
for what I was looking for in the story is I wanted Kasha and Kai to finally be together and that they would be able to face whatever future together and then also like getting like Xander to have a happy ending like that was more what I was wanting as opposed to like I feel like what I wasn't as like invested in as far as like what the society was going to do because I also because this was less like the Hunger Games it was like a war and like an actual rebellion like they were fighting against a disease it was just different also, the society was a lot less evil than in other dystopian stories. I mean, yes, they take away people's art, but like it was more subtle. It was more it was like much, they're just yeah, they're basically more, taking away your choice. And even then, it was a lot less choice than other things. Like, yes, they get jobs, but it was much more like, what are you good at? Whereas, like, even in The Giver, it's like. If you're stupid, you get a stupid person job and everyone laughs at you. But like, like it was, it was much, I mean, yes. It yeah, was if still, you're a like, birth mother, you get to be pregnant for three years and then you have to do hard physical labor <laughs> for the rest of your life. Yeah. you know, like that they, seems fair. There's nothing, I mean, that's it. Like the society was obviously not great, but it was less of a villain than in other series. Like, um, it's much more about like rebirth of culture than anything else than like, societal change but the fact that they have an election at the end is even already proof of change and i also agree i like that they didn't say and then anna won and they rode off into the sunset because that would have been stupid (laughs) yeah that would have been a bit much also because i think it's also too like since you know the rising it wasn't like a true rebellion like charles kind of said how it was the society was mixed in with the rising the rising was mixed in with the society it was kind of like unclear like there wasn't really one true villain because both the rising and the society were kind of doing bad things and then even the farmers like you have like i guess hunter did something bad but also like we don't really know that much about the farmers because none of our characters have ever really lived with them so we don't even know like how great they are either also they were not they weren't kind people either like they weren't going to give you the cure because they wanted to save people they were going to give it a cure in exchange for something like yeah it wasn't Yes, that's kind of, like, I really liked the ending. Yeah, and that's it's just, like, I was just going to say, it's, like, a stark contrast to, like, the Hunger Games, where it was, like, the capital against the districts. Like, it was just a very clear line, whereas here I feel like it's not as, like, again, because it wasn't, it wasn't a war. Like, it's just different. And, like, this conversation about the rising in the society brings me to, like, one of the big themes that I thought was really important, which is, like, that the rising doesn't really matter. What matters is, like, the desire and the hope of individual people for change. And, I mean, this sounds really corny, but if you've seen the newest Star Wars movies since Disney bought them, movies 8 and 9 in particular, particularly number 8, which is uh, The Last Jedi, and... Leia Organa, so Carrie Fisher's character, has a lot of conversations with Poe Dameron, who's Oscar Isaac's character, and the general, I can't remember, who has played... It's not going to come to me. Laura Dern, by Laura Dern. They, but she has a lot of char- conversations with a lot of the characters about, like, what is a rebellion built on? It's just built on hope. And the fact that the rising was, like, not that great, and... There were things that were wrong with it. and But what mattered was that the people that joined up with the Rising wanted to make a difference. 
and Kasha and Kai joining the Rising, not necessarily because they're like, tear down the society, but because they're like, we want to make our lives better. Like, they have that hope. I thought that was really nice. And like, yeah. also, like, another way this manifests is the fact that there's, like, the pilot, but there's, by the end, they're calling other people pilots for different reasons and different, like, pilot just is, like, the leader that, like, inspires and that you don't necessarily need to just be wedded to one person or, like, one source of inspiration. Like, hope and motivation and support can come from a lot of places. I thought that was really beautiful. I also, yeah, I think also the fact that we never really find out who the pilot is. Like, he was never named. He never got a name. And as people said, he was kind of, like, familiar, but they never identified who it was. So he's just basically a nameless character. And he also, like, they show, like, as, you know, the rising struggling with mutation, like, his weakness as being a leader and how he really has to turn to, like, community to be able to actually find the cure. And something else we didn't mention was that... I think, is it Anna who calls them this? She says that Kai is the pilot, Cash is the poet, and... Xander is the physic. Xander is the physic. And, like, the three of them are, like, kind of what actually brings together and, like, allows for the cure to happen. Was it Anna who said that? I have no idea. I can't remember. Somebody said it to them. And I was just, like... Also, because in this book, like, there were different sections and there was, like, the pilot... The poet, the physics, and you're like, what What are we doing? Like, what do these sections have to do? And it was kind of, like, referencing, like, them of, like, being, like, this holy trinity that, like, saved the day. And, like, they couldn't have done it without, like, one another. Like, they needed each and every one of them to be a part of it. It is very Trinitarian. Like, Kasha is definitely the Holy Spirit. Kai is definitely Jesus. And Xander is definitely God. Like, you yeah. could write an essay on that for ninth grade literature class. Look at us giving you an essay topic. Giving you study topics, but I wouldn't actually do this if I were you, if you were a ninth grader, only because these books are pretty long. You need a lot of direct quotes from three books. Pick a book where you get a Trinitarian figure in one book. (laughs) Okay. That's enough advice from Charles, but yeah. And then I guess I'm just saying, I mean, if you want to do it, go for it, but that seems like a lot of work. So I guess then we can Any get... Any final thoughts? Yeah, I would say we get into our final impressions. I would say I'm really glad we read it because this was definitely, like, a series. I've had these books, like, forever. Like, I think I got them, like, at a book fair or something. I can't remember. But, like, I've, I've owned the books and I just never read them. Like, I remember I read the first half of the book and I remember just, like, in the first episode, I was like, why is she looking at this Kai, this bad boy, when, like, Xander's perfect? And now I understand. Like, Kai, beautiful. Such an interesting character. But I'm glad that Xander also found himself by the end. So I think, we, like we said, definitely really enjoyable. Not necessarily something I would need to read again, at least definitely not anytime soon. And I will say I think it, I think as a dystopian, like, trilogy, kind of like within this time period, like when this was popular, I do think it stands well on its own, like, against other series because it is different, like, I had said when I did the intro, like, it was way more about the poetry and, like, Charles said kind of more of the revival of culture as opposed to, like, a rebellion and, like, a war. So I do like that it was, like, different. Like, it wasn't just, like, another version of The Hunger Games. But I will say I think that, like, Kasha as a main character, I personally didn't think she was as strong of a main character as, like, some of the other books that we've read. And I... Th- yeah. Or, like, yeah. just not as interesting. I'm- 
truly, her most interesting part is the first half of this book when she's, like, kind of, like, an undercover, like, traitor, but she's not doing very much of it. But, like, those were always, like, those are such interesting scenes where she's... She was also really annoying. Like, not annoying. She was super passive in the second book. And that's kind of because all they're doing is running. Like, literally the entire book they're running. Um, so there's not a lot of room for anything. But she's she's a very passive character, especially in the second book, I think. And I think that I take your point. I agree. I enjoyed it. I'm glad we read it. I always wanted to read it in middle school. Didn't do it. Don't need to read it ever again, but I thoroughly enjoyed it in the meantime. And, yeah. Also, I'm really glad it wasn't, like, a stupid love triangle. No, it was, I will say, the love triangle was really well done, I think, honestly. I think it really added to the story. And also because it was never, I mean, I'll even say, like, the Hunger Games, the love triangle, to me, wasn't that cringy. I mean, I don't know. It's been a while since we read it, so now I'm not sure. I know, like, Twilight, the love triangle is horrible, but the Twi- Twilight is also, like, more of a romance novel, so it's actually, like, a terrible love triangle. And, you know, we just hate Jacob, so... Also, I'm just saying, if you're ever in a love triangle situation in real life, behave like the characters did in this book. Be super honest, be super chivalrous, and don't assume anything, and listen to each other. When someone tells you something, do what they say. Don't assume, like Jacob did, she's just playing hard to get. What she actually wants is me for me to turn into a wolf and bite her boyfriend, or whatever stupid stuff he was thinking. <laughs> don't be like Gail and be like, Katniss, we belong together forever. Also, I'm way hotter than Peta. And then they cast a way hotter well, actor Also, I him. mean, like, for, yeah, for Gail, it was more so the idea of he wanted Katniss now because she kind of, like, you know, kind of became a star, and it was like, now he couldn't have her, I feel like was more his issue. Whereas, like, Jacob had this crush, and, like, yes, Bella loved him, but, like, never in an actual romantic level that she loved Edward, and, like you said, he kind of, like, just wouldn't listen to her, and kind of, like, forced it on her. You know what I mean? Yes. But, like, here, Xander, he's like, I totally respect Kai. He's a stand-up dude. Obvious I want her to end up with me. I mean, yeah. give her all the options. And then when she says, Xander, I want you to move on, he freaking does it. Yeah. So, yeah, these were definitely, like, to me, more mature relationships. I was saying the love triangle was kind of like Xander still had feelings for Kasha, but once she was, like, clear on who she wanted, like, there was respect. Like, there was no drama, which, you know, was just a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have a love triangle in our next series. And look at that for a segue. Uh, but Dooms. Dear God. Okay, guys. We're going back to middle school. We're staying in middle school. We're staying on Fantasyland. We're going to be reading The Enchanted Forest Chronicles by Patricia Reed. And my sister and I have each read them probably like four or five times. Like, there's four of them. They're short, so we're going to read one a week. I already started. It's a little younger in terms of audience reach, but... I think it's really freaking enjoyable. I think Asia's going to fall in love. She's going to love fantasy after this series. Yeah, that's a funny joke. I mean, first of all, it's called The Enchanted Forest Chronicles, and I thought Narnia was bad, so already prejudging it based off of that. And guess what the first book is called? Dealing with Dragons? 
what is this, Dragon Tales? I mean, okay, Charles just, because he has physical copies of the book, and he's already given them to me to read, because I don't know if we mentioned this, but Charles likes to do audiobooks, so he listens to them, and I like to read. And he gave me the books. He was just showing them to me a few minutes ago, and it's literally Dragon Tales. Like, it has dragons on the front, and I was saying, I cannot be carrying this on the New York City subway system reading these children's books. People are going to think I'm insane. But maybe no one will shoot you then because I'll be like, that's a child. We can't shoot the child. No, I think then I'd get snatched. I'd get kidnapped. Well, okay. that's dark. So Also, in Dragon Tales, those dragons are unrealistic looking. I mean, I think all dragons are unrealistic looking because uh, dragons <laughs> aren't real, but okay. <laughs> I think you're going to like it. Though, I will say, like, I was reading the... I started reading it, and I was like, wow... There's some real basic fantasy stuff because, like, the names are ridiculous. Oh, God, not more ridiculous names. So get ready for the mispronunciations or I'm going to – I guess I'm going to have to – The first – the main character's name is Simmerine. Yeah, I'm going to have to make up names. I'm going to have to make up names for the characters. I'm going to have to give them some nicknames because Simmerine – Alienora. That, is, this, is this a girl or a boy? It's she a girl. She can be the Sims. She's I think a that's 17-year-old a good, She's the queen. Sims or just Sim. She's singular, a sim. So that's her nickname. Do are we gonna make her get engaged in the bathroom? <laughs> I still can't believe you. That's a deep cut. For, that was so random. That's a deep cut. Well, anyway, that's a deep Charles cut thinks I'm gonna loyalist. like it, but anyway. I think you can let us know if you think me, the hater, the hater of all fantasy, is going to enjoy these books. I doubt it. So next week you'll hear me moaning okay. and groaning. Just a reminder: we're gonna read the first. We're going to read the first book for next week, Dealing with Dragons, the whole book for next week. And I'll week. be moaning and groaning keep- with the summary. So look forward to that. But, you know, keep listening. You know, it won't be that bad because, as always, if it's bad, we'll just make it into comedy and, you know, crack you up. So <laughs> if you have any theories or questions or just want to talk to us more about Matched or any of the other series we've covered in the past or you're excited for this Enchanted Forest Chronicles – Remember that you can stay in touch with us about anything on the Nerd Party website. You can head over to nerdparty.com slash contact and select throwback paperback. You can send us an email there and get in touch with the network on Twitter at joinnerdparty or on Instagram at thernerdparty or facebook.com slash nerdparty. And to find me, I'm at asiabony on TikTok and at asia.bony on Instagram. And we're always open to new book or series suggestions because we are starting to like really get to the end of our list of like books that we've already read so we're always open to suggestions so send us an email a dm whatever you want now is truly your time like we are looking we're and we're planning because like generally we like plan a couple series in advance and then we plant like we bunt make bunches you know and we were planning like units and the enchanted forest was the last one that we like bunched up so now is if you have an idea of something you want us to read like now is truly the best time to send it to us sorry there's some production behind the scenes magic for you and if you want to find me because you want to tell me because i'm your favorite host i'm at seashells on instagram and if you enjoy our show make sure you rate and review it share it with your friends of course check out the other fantastic podcasts we have on the party network and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss us next week Yes, hit that subscribe and have a good one. We will see you next week.
Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.